The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that has taken flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, October 27th, ahead of the matchup versus the Pelicans tonight on ESPN. And I know I talked on the last program about the Cavaliers game on Saturday being a trap game, and lo and behold, as I was at a wedding this weekend with the Hawks game on my phone during the reception, to and come to not really my surprise seeing the Hawks struggle in the second half and consistently being behind the Cleveland Cavaliers and really could never take that lead back at no point after the second half run the Cavaliers made coming out of halftime. And on the flip side, Monday they come home and get a really good win versus Detroit. So it was a tale of two different games and almost two different teams, kind of. But which one was the real performance? We're going to talk about that here in this episode, along with who should be starting, Cam Reddish or Bogdanovich. So it's a debate that could happen sooner rather than later because of how Cam Reddish has jumped out of the gate. So I'm going to break that down a little bit. We're going to talk about that here on this program. We're going to get into all of this. All right, and we are back. Two games against inferior opponents with different results. Lose on the road to the Cleveland Cavaliers in a trap game, 101-95. to Then you turn around and beat the Detroit Pistons in dominating fashion. Here at home, I mean, what you expect, I mean, that last one against Detroit is what you expect from a top eight team in the NBA and a top team in the Eastern Conference. And I know it was frustrating watching that Cleveland Cavaliers game. I know because I certainly was a little frustrated and disappointed as well at that reception. Um, (laughs) Drinking some adult beverages like, come on, are you serious? And then they come out and execute so well against the Detroit Pistons. Which team is the real Atlanta Hawks? In my opinion, the game versus Detroit was the real Atlanta Hawks, in my opinion, because of the execution on both ends of the floor that took place that game. But hey, games versus Cleveland, those type of performances are certainly well within the Hawks range as well. They're not exempt from bad games. And like I said, if the Hawks are completely off their offensive game, like they were against Cleveland, they're going to lose against some inferior opponents. And here's the thing, you know, as bad as they were offensively on Saturday, it wasn't terrible. There were still some good things to take away from that game. Hey, they still played really good defense to keep it within seven, eight points the entire second half. So they weren't necessarily out of the game. They just could not get over the hump 
which this is a sign of improvement on the defensive end, in my opinion. And it's early. Offensive, you know, play may sputter at times until the teams play more games, get their legs underneath them, and so forth. So those those things are going to happen. So we'll take it in stride. The Cavaliers game, as I said before, they lost 101-95, shot 38% from the floor that game, and 29% from three. Yee. And even shot an uncharacteristically low number from the free throw line. Did not have a lot of free throw attempts and only made 60% of their free throws that game. Had 20 team assists. Not terrible, but four or five assists, in my opinion, away from where I want them to be game to game. I like 24, 25, 26 team assists every game from the Atlanta Hawks. I think it translates to wins, and they're sharing the ball, spread offensive attack, and we're going to talk about that number against the Pistons. It was much different, much different. Not huge difference as far as the number of team assists, but the result was different. Team rebounding was a wash in the Cavaliers game, which is fine because Cleveland has some size on their front court. A lot of fouls called against the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday and got some players like John Collins, who had five in that game, in foul trouble. And it gave the Cleveland Cavaliers 12 more free throw attempts than the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks were outscored in the paint by 12. And the team just didn't do enough after that run Cleveland made out of halftime to really take the lead at any point in the second half and win this game as they should have, in my opinion. So a couple more shots made here, more free throw attempts, more free throws made there, a rebound here, an assist there. And hey, they could have won this game while still underperforming against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But just like the Tupac song, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. Cavaliers were led by Ricky Rubio, who killed the Hawks with 23 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. And the rookie, Evan Mobley out of USC, added a double-double, 17 points, 11 boards for the Cavaliers. On the flip side of things, the Hawks were led by Trey Young on Saturday, 24 points, had 7 assists, and 3 steals. Not a super efficient night from Trey Young. But neither was the rest of the team, so I digress there. Trey Young was one of six from the three-point line, but I love that he only had two turnovers on Saturday night, and the team itself only had nine turnovers. So good in the turnover department. We're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later. Another positive takeaway in my book is the low number of turnovers from the Hawks. Uh, John Collins, as I said before, foul trouble throughout the game, only finished with six points. On eight shots, not great, but added 12 rebounds. DeAndre Hunter had 12 points, although not efficient himself. Bogey only scored five points, who I will talk a little bit more about later. Cam Reddish off the bench with 19. Certainly a bright spot in this game and early in the season. We're going to talk more about both Bogey and Cam Reddish later. Double-double for Clint Capella. And Gorgie Jang off the bench, five points, eight rebounds. Decent stat line for him off the bench. So there was some good in the Cleveland game, but definitely some bad. But a few plays here and there from winning that game ultimately. But like I said, the Pistons game, much different story. Hawks beat the Detroit Pistons on Monday night, 
122-104. I was watching that as I was watching, you know, my New Orleans Saints do their thing on defense to beat the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. But priorities, they were there. I was watching this Hawks game. I liked what I saw from them. Shot 51% from the floor, 37.5% from three. They out-rebounded the Pistons by 13. 24 team assists. On Monday night, which is a sweet spot I talked about, 24, 25, 26 team assists every night. And the Hawks typically are going to have some success there. They did in this game. 11 steals for the Hawks, and they led the game in fast break points. So it was the little things that were there this game against the Pistons that weren't there in the game versus the Cavaliers. Like I said, they executed on offensive end, making more shots. In a higher field goal percentage, which is apparent, going from 51% on Monday and shooting 39% on Saturday. 12 percentage points is certainly great, and it's going to help you win ball games. They held the Pistons to 44% shooting from the floor, 27% from the three-point line. They were led by Kelly Olenek and Sadiq Bey, who both scored 21 points apiece for the Pistons. Josh Jackson, who always seemingly has good games against the Hawks, added 18 points. And Isaiah Stewart added 13 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists for Detroit. Flip side of things, Trey Young, really, really good game. 32 points, and the floater was on. Hot, hot on Monday night. Float game strong. Added 9 assists, 4 rebounds, and again, only 2 turnovers. I love how he's been taking care of the ball early here to start the regular season is something I'm going to highlight going forward game to game for Trey Young. See if he is under that three turnover number. He averaged over three last year, closer to four at times during the season. So if we can keep it under three this year, that is certainly some improvement that I wanted to see from Trey Young this season, being the primary ball handler and initiator of this Hawks offense. He would go on and shoot 13 to 21 from the floor, much better than the other night, and shot two of five from the three-point line. John Collins himself rebounded in <laughs> tremendous, holy, holy fashion, adding 22 points with two baptisms taking place during the game. He continues. John the Baptist is out there baptizing in the name of the Hawks, the name of John Collins, and dunking the ball on people's necks. And I love love seeing that. It really energizes the team and the crowd when he makes those plays. So two baptisms taking place on Monday night. He shot 9 of 14 from the floor, 1 of 3 from the three-point line, added 7 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block. A great rebound game for John Collins after Saturday night's performance. John Collins is the X factor on this team in Typically, when he has good performances, it usually translates to wins for the Atlanta Hawks. 14 points for both Bogey and Herter. Herter started for DeAndre Hunter, who was out on Monday night with an illness, non-COVID related. And he's probable for the contest versus the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Cam Reddish added 17 points off the bench, continues to shine in that role off the bench. Uh, Gorgie Jang, another good line off the bench with six points, 12 rebounds, and then Lou Will added nine points off of the bench. So much, much better game on Monday night. And 
Now, they travel to New Orleans for an ESPN game tonight versus the Zion Williamson-less Pelicans who have struggled out of the gate here early in the season, going one of three right now. They wonder last game, and right now it's going to be a whole lot of B.I., a lot of Brandon Ingram, who is leading the team right now with 27 points per game for the Pelicans. And this is a contest that the Hawks should win. They should win this game. The Pelicans do play hard, just like Cleveland. So this could be another trap game. You're on national television, so I know you're going to want to show out. Just like Roscoe Dash. And hopefully they learn from their game versus Cleveland. And the Pelicans are not as good of a defensive team as Cleveland. So if we can execute, I feel like this game is going to be more like the Detroit game than it is the Cleveland Cavaliers game that they just had on Saturday. So I expect good things from the Hawks tonight. Especially, I mean, looking at the injury report right now, Lou Will and Gallinari are day-to-day, so they're questionable right now. And we'll see from DeAndre Hunter if he's going to be available. But right now, this is all about taking it game by game. Whoever's on the floor, go out there and execute, play hard on the defensive end, share the ball, rebound, you know, the little things. The little things that did not happen against Cleveland, that did happen against the Detroit Pistons, you got to continue to build upon those things. I really like the Hawks out of the gate right now. Two and one, even though disappointing loss to Cleveland, you look at the numbers, you look at the game, little things here and there, they could have won that game, even not playing stellar basketball. Two and one is not bad with a chance to go three and one against New Orleans on national television. We're going to see. We're going to see. I'm excited for that one. You guys know I'm from Louisiana. I do love my Pelicans. They are struggling. They are hot garbage right now. Garbage. But there's some bright spots for that team. But you already know that in this capacity, you know, I got to roll with the Hawks on this one. I'm going to. And one question before we jump off of this program today. Real quick one. Real quick one. Uh, This conversation is going to start to take place soon. I already know it is. Because anytime Cam Reddish does something great, internet goes crazy, Hawks fans start chirping, he should be this, he should be that, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish. And and look, it's evident he put the work in this offseason. I love the role they have for him off the bench, letting him just kind of just be that bench scorer, especially with Gallo being out and then Lou Will, you know, now back, you know, playing some games now for the Hawks. But we have Cam Reddish right now averaging almost 19 points per game, 18.7 to be specific, four rebounds, 1.3 steals. He's shooting 44% from the floor and 56% from the three-point line to start the season, 82% from the free-throw line there. I've loved his aggressiveness. I've loved his shot-making, how focused he's been, and he's a problem off the bench. And I know people... You know, well, like I said, why doesn't he start over Bogey? That's going to be the question. Who should be starting, Bogey or Reddish? And then if you look at Bogey's numbers, averaging 10 points per game right now, shooting 46% from the floor and 43% from three-point range. I mean, when you look at Bogey's numbers, they're not that much worse than Cam Reddish outside of Cam Reddish scoring more points. But off the bench, when you're the guy, you're going to get more opportunities And honestly, for his value, for his confidence, 
Because, look, I like Bogey starting, personally. I do. I like that he can be a secondary, you know, playmaker. He can, you know, get his own shot. And he still does the little things with rebounds, assists, steals. He does a little bit more in other categories, in my opinion, than Cam Reddish. Right now, Cam Reddish is just looking to score, and there is nothing wrong with that. He's going to score. He's going to defend. Nothing wrong with that. But I think when you look at the dynamics of the team and you look at the starting lineup, I think if you put Reddish in the starting lineup, I think he presses more and his numbers don't look as great. I think they look closer to bogeys. And I think that Cam Reddish's numbers, they're great. They're 100% great. It's a product of him coming off the bench and having more opportunities. Like Nate McMillan said, going into the season, he wanted to make sure that Reddish was going to have his opportunities. And he's taking full advantage of him right now, looking great. I need to see him be consistent with this. Bogey has started a little slow out of the gate. A little slow, but 14 points in the last game. Is that something that he can build upon? There's no Josh Hart for the Pelicans tonight, so... Maybe he could take advantage of whoever is going to start in the two-guard position. And maybe this is the game that he gets going. Maybe it is. But this is a small, another small sample size for Cam Reddish. I want 64 to 66 games minimum from Cam Reddish. And if he's continuing these numbers as we get to December, January, All-Star break, He's going to be in the conversation for most improved player or sixth man of the year if he stays off the bench for the Hawks. I mean, I love that role from him right now. But it, it, it's making things interesting, and it's an interesting debate, and I would love to see what you guys' opinion is on this. Should Reddish be starting over bogey? I said coming into the season it could be a situational lineup, matchup type thing about who is starting. But I think right now with how Reddish is looking, that firepower that he adds off the bench, and we already know that Bogey can be streaky, but he is a little bit more consistent than a lot of other things. Then Cam Reddish right now, I think you keep Bogey in the starting lineup for the time being. You keep Reddish off the bench. And then if it just happens to be a situation where Bogey just continues to play worse and worse, and Reddish is continuing to be consistent. Maybe it's something that Nathan Miller and the staff looks at. But as of right now, I think we need to keep things in place. And I want to continue to see Cam Reddish eat off the bench and continue these really great numbers. I mean, he's not going to shoot 56% from three the rest of the year. But if he is high 30s, low 40s, that is a significant improvement from last year. 18.7 points per game. That's great. He continues to do things on the defensive end. I like that he's shooting 44% from the floor, much higher. I mean, if he ended the season at 44%, it would be the highest field goal percentage in a season that he's had in his young career. So, a lot of good from Reddish. A whole lot of Reddish. whole lot of Reddish. And there's still time for Bogey to get it going. And I am going to boldly predict that. I think tonight's the game where... Bogey has himself a nice little game, maybe getting 18 points, uh, knocking down some threes, getting in rhythm himself. So I'm really excited to see how he responds to Reddish's success. I don't think he feels Reddish breathing down his neck yet, but as fans are very perceptive, once they see Reddish continue to play like this, I think it may force in a debate and a conversation that may leak out to the media because of the fans and then maybe 
you know, it gets to the Hawks locker room and maybe there's some pressure there. But early in the season, only three games, uh, small sample size for both. Let's see how things play out and let's see how things play out for the Hawks. I'm really excited for this matchup on ESPN tonight against the Pelicans. As like I said, I am not torn. Uh, the Pelicans are who they are and they are in this position for a reason. So the Hawks need to go ahead and uh, exert their will on the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, it does not matter. I know the World Series is going on here in Atlanta. Brace took game one in Houston. They got game two tonight. I know there's going to be some split Allegiances tonight here in Atlanta, but you know, I got to watch my Hawks and I do want to see the Braves do well. I do want to see the Braves do well, but you already know who I stand with in the MLB department, but it's going to be great for the city of Atlanta to see if they can take another one in Houston and it'll be great for the Hawks to go ahead and take care of business down in New Orleans tonight, down in the Big Easy, but you want more news on Hoop Ball Hawks? Follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Hawks. On Twitter, that is at Hoop Ball Hawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67 on Twitter. It's always great catching up. We're going to have a next episode coming up after this game versus the Pelicans. So it's going to be a good one. Let's get ready to rumble tonight. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.